0: Tell oh, me, uh, I'll put you,
1: I'll put you uh, on the love- wait, wait, in one minute, tell okay. me your positive and negative thoughts about the Met
0: Gala, go. Everybody looked the same, it was kind of shit, no one really like looked incredible, um, I actually really like what Lily James was wearing, most of the girls that are wearing, um, oh Cardi B looked the best, Cardi B was my favourite, I think, Cardi B or Lily James, um, yes, yes. and they were both in Versace, I think she was in Versace, yeah she was oh, in Versace, she was, yes. and um, uh, I just love it like uh, because uh, you messaged me, uh, look at our girl, all grown up, like <laughs> hosting the Met Baby Gala. Me. <laughs> Baby me. So that to me, that, that special. No, no, that's probably my favorite memory, to be honest. It's just that you say like, look at our girl all like um, grown up at the Met Gala. And we're talking obviously of Vanessa Hudgens, who looks stunning, fucking mm-hmm. naked. And her makeup look gorgeous, but her face... Has changed so much, it freaks me out. Freaks me out. Freaks me out. And I had, I didn't see Adam what Adam was wearing, but probably something shit because she always looks shit. And I looked So nice. Adam went to was
1: wearing Chanel and she looked really nice actually. I
0: Did think she? I think she was wearing Chanel, yeah. Okay. Does she have a high pony? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's a signature look. It's like your signature thing. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chai with Rai. Hi, I'm your host, Rai, and if you haven't done so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. If you love this podcast and are listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, or wherever you stream your podcast from, if you could do me a kind favor and make sure to rate the podcast on whichever platform you're listening it on. It organically grows the show, connects us with listeners who haven't tuned in before, and posts the podcast in top spaces for all the streaming sites. As well, feel free, and I encourage you to tag us while you listen to this on the TikToks, the Twitters, the Flitters, the Grams, the Pinterest, your family WhatsApp group, that creep that stalks you or that creep that doesn't stalk you, that dude who sends you dick pics on the gram, you know, just share it with them. You know, as I always say, it overall just shares the love. (laughs) And get your coppers ready as we dive into the final and second part of my chat with the one and only Mahatma Candy question what does drag mean to you and you said drag is such a massive perspective and i didn't know of this you talked about bio drag queens cis uh drag kings and so many other things which i was like oh i did not know wait let me find let me find the thing oh my god whilst you do your nails (laughs)
0: because
1: apparently that's more interesting
0: well, I'm listening. I'm listening to what you're saying. I just had some crap in my nail.
1: It's okay. It's okay. Why are we going further?
0: <laughs> I don't know. That's just where I go. That's I'm just worried. where
1: we're Um. Anyway, you talk about drag. Yeah. In all of my research of you, I, regardless of anything, you talk about how you, in 2015, started doing drag more. And then you gave up your day job, which was styling and other bits and bobs to do drag and then you wanted to travel more and travel more for work but my question is always this when I talk to the community that is not on the massive platforms which I like dissect my questions off one when does one decide to go into that space and actualize the work and two I feel like this is a question which is a bit reductive and people keep asking, but I always feel in asking this, which is sometimes the narrative becomes what people see on mainstream media. So when I had somebody from the ballroom scene, I was asking them about Legendary Pose and other documentaries that were out there In asking that that, that becomes the neg- the narrative for what ballroom is. So do you ever feel that the massive amount of, okay stop shaking (laughs) you're like a troll (laughs) do you remember the troll heads on top yes um does that become the narrative and when there are so many dimensions and nuances to what queer experience and drag experience is and my recognition of drag has always been through the ballroom community not through the cabaret or through the the club space how do you find a maneuver those narratives with where you're at. And do you fight them or not
0: really? I completely agree with what you're saying because it's very true. The narrative has changed since the uh, commercialization of a certain TV show. Because of Drag Race, okay, there, I said it.
1: No, I don't think you need to say it because Drag Race isn't the only show that's now out there. There's like so many more. No, but that Drag Race was the first show.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Although there was Raja drag race was the first CM who used to do it and Miss J and
0: like so many others that... Yeah, but they didn't a but show the, before that. But, like the, but what I mean is, drag has always been part of like culture and it's always yeah. been there, like within TV, within movies. Sometimes badly, sometimes very badly, and yeah. sometimes not not just like badly because the drag queens were shit, but also just because like they were just treated shit. You know, like like it's just it, like their their narrative within that storyline was bad. So Jack like has always SNL been there, sketches, exactly like SNL sketches, like you know, like on Ugly Betty, like yeah. on you know, on different different, or, or even hard. just like the whole like um. There's a great um. There's a great documentary. I forgot. It, I think it's called Disclosure on Netflix, okay. which is all about uh uh the trans narrative within film and tv and it's really wonderful to watch because um you get to learn about how the trans storyline has been so like it's always they're always played as the hooker the they're played as the prostitute or you know they're always like someone that's like not for society and now we're in a place where we're discussing people that are trans or trans non-binary or non-binary at all who their identity has nothing to do with their character you know and they're just there you know so the same goes with drag drag has always been there the the difference is is that drag race has been has become a place where drag has become commercialized and scrutinized to point of it being diluted So therefore, when we look at the scene, you you see all these different aspects of what you see on Drag Race. You're hindered by all the expectations that you get from watching a show like Drag Race. But I have been kind of fortunate to grow up with the scene before it, the Drag Race became a huge thing. So I started in 2015, so that I don't remember what season that was, but I was watching Drag Race, of course, and it had some sort of like influence to the reasons why I wanted to start doing drag, but I wanted to give my own voice to drag and I wanted to showcase my own version of what drag could be. I'm not going to deny it. And obviously also I'm not going to like shy away from the fact that we wouldn't have the jobs we have right now if Drag Race wasn't so prevalent. So shout out to Drag Race, a little bit. (laughs) Double um, It's just like, you know, love you guys. So it's it's very that. Do I try and combat that? Hands fucking down. Because why would I be doing things with Bitten Peach, which is a collective full of Pan-Asian queer people that do not get seen at all on major stages. Including TV shows like Drag Race, where you when you see what when do we see Asian queens? It's rare. They don't they don't give a crap about them. They just don't.
1: Not because there two, isn't uh, any. Only Sorry, been, there's only been two, right? What well, in the, in American Drag Race? Uh, American, there's only been one, if I'm correct. And in Canada, there's Priyanka. Uh, winners? So, no, just contestants in general. So Raja would. Oh be no, there's funny.
0: been there's, there's been like oh there's been more. There's been, yeah yeah yeah. Oh. There's, been there's been more. There's been more. There's definitely been more. Uh. The difference goes though um, there isn't any Southern Asian representation. there just isn't. Priyanka is probably the only one and the first one to be seen ever and and she won, which I was very like good on her. So when it comes down to it, there hasn't been any representation at all within for our community. Asian wise there has been queens there have been I think I think seven, if'm I'm, if I'm correct, I think seven uh, within the American franchise. Within the British franchise, there have been now two, I think. Um, but there's there just there, there just isn't. And then that's another reason why I started the candy shop, because the candy shop isn't a place for drag race queens, it's not because they've got the platform, you know, they've got they can be seen, but there's so many other people, specifically like drag kings or AFAP queens or non-binary queens or you know gender gender bending and bearded queens all these different aspects where they don't get seen at all and i'm very i'm i'm starting to really enjoy the fact there's a lot of queens that have been on drag race who now understand the machine and the monster that it is that when they come out of it start to use that as a place to showcase other people. Like for instance, I think someone who's done a great job is Victoria Scone, who was the first ever AF queen in the franchise in the franchise of drag race. Whenever she did shows, she would pull you know she would pull people that were local drag queens, you know, like people that, you know, I say local, but like you know, she had Lily Snapdragon, and I'm like, she's like an icon. So I'm just like, guys, open up your eyes. So, you know, or like even Ginny Lemon had like trans people at her show. And, you know, it, it's just like, just like if we could just slowly rip it apart and just like give space to everyone. And I think that's what I want to do with Candy Shop. It's always like try and give space to people that I personally am very like honored to have seen and watch and now I can call friends and, you know, they're, they're in my space. So, yes, I try to combat it every fucking day. And you know what? I do jobs because they're my bread and butter, but I also do jobs because I'm trying to shake up the system. That's how you explain to What that. was your
1: first gig? Do you remember what was your first gig? And what you did with that
0: paycheck? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't remember when my first gig was, actually. I don't. Do you not? I think maybe it could have been... There used to be this like, it was kind of like an evening brunch situation, but they still do. It's called Kiki. And it's basically, yeah. you get two, two to three drag queens and they perform and they just do a number while people are eating dinner and getting this drunk.
1: What's on your website, which I went to and you went there that day, which I really wanted to see. Which one? One which in you know? One in Clapham. When did you go? I went like two months ago, I think. And I wasn't there. No, you went there. In Clapham. Yeah. Which brunch was it? I can't remember what the name of it is, but it was on your it was on your link tree and I went through that. Oh, kind of disappointed. But we live. We move on. <laughs>
0: well, you, can, you can come back any am Unchained the rhythm. What's it called? No, I think yeah, that was my first gig. And I remember, I think I just I got food. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, I spent all my money on food and clothes. Are you kidding me? That's all I do. OK, so that's a great question. How do I start? And why did I decide to start? So, I mean, growing up, like for me, <laughs> in 1988, when Mahatma was born, uh, most people said, kill it. No, get it, get it. No. Now, um you're an only child. Yes. <laughs> uh- no, yeah. So when I was when I was growing up, I think it was it was just it was a it was like a normal thing that I was always performing. It just like it's just like a it was like a duh like moment. Like when I was doing I was doing uh when I was younger, it was like our final in elementary school. And then they asked me to be like the main person for this like scholastic showcase situation. So that was like the first time that I was like, oh, well, spotlight. Uh, and then ever since then I was like going to drama classes and like doing you know after school shows and things like that. So it's always been in my blood um, it's always been like part of part of me and then as I grew up I started to I feel like this it's oh, gonna get deep now. but I feel like in a way that I was like I was trying I was finding my sexuality and trying to find my identity right And I think you know in a way I was like, all right, so, Society has told me this. My parents have told me this. My friends have told me this. And what I perceived as the community was the gay community. I was like, oh, okay. So I'm obviously some fashion bottom queen, right? So that's that's my label. That's the story. That's what I've been told to be. And that's how I've been told to act. So in a way, my interests turn into more fashion and styling aspects. And I was looking into life that way, which is not a bad thing. And I'm really fortunate. And I, it also has always been in my blood in some sort of way, but definitely directed myself that way. So then it was fashion. Fashion was the the place I wanted to live. I was like, okay, I get it. I understand it. I'm going to immerse myself into it. I'm going to go to uni to do this. Got to uni and I hated every moment. And was like, this sucks ass. I don't want to write dissertations about fashion i think it's bullshit don't want to do this anymore and so i removed myself and did what any normal queer person who wants to work in fashion is working retail at which store urban outfitters oh god because we were the alternative people you know we were cool <laughs> not even Topshop, not even Zara. No, 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 no. They were they were too uh, uppity for me. I was like, no, I don't like them. And I was like, it was really funny though because Urban Outfitters was top in my book. I was like, yeah. this is where I want to work. And I worked there for like almost like ten years. I think it's long time.
1: Wait, question: When you were growing up, what, which magazine was yours? Was it L? Was it Gracia? Was it ID? Was it V? L. L Magazine. Just asking. Just. Ask. Wow.
0: Yeah, no, it was Days and Confused, ID, oh. uh, British Vogue, British.
1: I also want to work for ID and uh, Days and Confused still, NV Magazine. Like, those are my three that I. Uh. They want to like do a little something for
0: yeah no no i love them so that but, but that's i mean but that's how alternatively i would think about fashion and how i would look at it and that's why i wanted to go and work in urban outfitters because in my mind it was very much like oh this is the place where people artists worked basically and it's true if you work there like half the staff like have talents and are such creatives that are then like knocked down by the retail gods and make like like die inside uh but like half the people i was working with were actors musicians illustrationists models it was like it was like this really cool kind of gang and so like it was really cool to be part of it um and then and then what 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 really happened was i was working there so then yeah you know living my best life you know being some queer kid expressing fashion Really like feeling myself uh, and all this stuff, and then and then what happened was I um, started to become friends with more creatives and more people. And one of my best friends, who was, we talked about earlier, Jack Burton, shout out! Uh, he and I became really good friends, and he he went to Rambe. He, he's a ballet dancer now, turned makeup artist, but now turned something else actually because he lives in Berlin doing something else. But but yeah, so every year I throw a birthday party and it's usually a big event and it's always like huge. And I don't know, I think I was 25 at the time. I think that was the age, I think. I don't know, maybe, 20. but I was I was 12. Um, but no, so I threw in this giant party and my best friend Jack at the time it was like, we were tinkering with drag at the time. We were doing doing things at the door, like, you know, just kind of like fun, fun, fun stuff and everything like that. And, he said well you always throw a big party why don't you perform at this party why don't you actually do a number and I was like really 16 I know yeah and then and so we did a number and from that from then then we um what's it called uh the 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 place we were at the venue which was folklore at the time they asked us to come back and do more shows there Mm. so I mean I I'm trying to conceptualize the whole situation because there's no, in, in, in the space of the time that I was working in fashion and also wanted to become a drag queen and all this stuff, there's no real time that I was like, oh, this is what I'm good at. Because I, I mean, I don't really know. And I, can't really say, I can't really say I'm good at something, but I'm still doing it. <laughs> I don't know, it's, like a, it's, a weird, it's a weird way to answer that. But, but in my, but in, my mind, in my mind, when I started doing drag, my biggest issue for me was my face my drag face. And I was like, I need to make sure that I look correct here. If I look correct, then no matter what happens on stage, then it doesn't matter because I've got my, my face is correct. Right. Cause I knew my clothes were, good, my clothes were going to be correct. And whatever I did on stage will be something that my brain says I'm correct. But I was always worried about my face, my face. I was like, I was, I wanted to make sure that I look good here. Also it then became like part of my, uh my brand where i was like i want to always look she's going to be one of those queens is going to do like a jump split or something like that and then i turn around and act like an absolute fool so like that's the joke is that like i will look gorgeous and look like i'm what's it called uh realtors on selling sunset
1: christine but
0: i'm a clown so that 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 played with my narrative that's that helped
1: I found it interesting that now getting into the queer South Asian scene, in your mix. So we should just shout that out for people who don't say that half Filipino, half Sri Lankan. I asked Anthony this again, which is, and I asked JJ this, which is, when you're ethnic and you do something and you just start profiting off it, and it turns into like, let's say, a job, right? Would you be firstly, what's the viability of it? What's the sustainability of drag? Let's talk about that. Then secondly, does it help you where if you were to pull on your, let's say, ethnicity and do those sort of experience? Let's say that. So if you were to play on being Filipino more and being South Asian shrunken more and your acts, your experience that you would include in your performances would be around those. So no Western songs, nothing like that, just completely, you know, Tamil music. But then does that boxy or do you play into the joke of that? And have you ever had that conversation (laughs) <laughs> or do you just go, I'm just going to fucking do whatever the fuck I want to do. And they like, has anybody ever genuinely booked you and be like, oh, we expected a Bollywood performance. What the hell
0: happened? Definitely. No, no one's ever asked me to do that. <laughs> Imagine if. Uh, okay. So um, the list of questions that you just asked me. So first of all, was sustainability of a drag. Yeah. Um, There isn't one. That, like, what's it called? We have no idea What's, it called? what's going to happen with drag at the moment where there's a like a renaissance of drag where it's like become part of like you know it's been commercialized to the point that drag queens are not just part of the brunch but they're part of like the storyline on a, on a tv show you know like yeah. drag queens have become like part of an, an advert you know like you know and that is the same way to talk about queerness you know like queer people are popping up everywhere you know it's not just for pride it's not just for showcasing you know liberalism it's also just showcasing like you know there's people there's boys wearing makeup in campaigns now there's like boys wearing dresses during fashion shows so queerness has become part of like but but this is like we're talking about it as if like it's never happened before it's always been there it's just like more people are like open to the opportunity of it great it's like if you look at if you look at the world as like a, a giant high school it's like the moment that the popular kids start to understand what we've been doing for like the the rest of the scholastic year and they start doing it. It's like, bitch, congratulations. We've been doing it since we were born. But welcome to our fucking world. <laughs> the, the, only, the only difference is that the popular kids are not prof- profiteering from it. And we're not.
1: And also now everybody is the popular kid. That's a fucking lie. I'm not. I feel I'm not like.
0: A popular kid no, I will never be a popular kid. No, no, no I think no. you are. I think you are. No, I don't like it. I don't like that. I don't like that. It's horrible. I don't like the idea. Also, popular kid, a popular kid in high school always means washed-out person, and and when you're an adult, so <laughs> yeah. But that a is a bad not narrative
1: anymore, though. You know that as well. That is not what it's the a, narrative. is.
0: bad. It's <laughs> yeah. I don't know. In my and I, I guess like nowadays in high schools, there's no, there's not much of a hierarchy. There's more like a, it's more just a divisionary system. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like. The nerds can be the popular kids, but it's not really about that. So I get, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. But I'll never be a popular kid. I, I, I knew who I was as a, in school, and I knew that I wasn't a popular child, and I'm okay with that. But yeah, so the stability of drag, it's ever changing. You know, like we never know what's going to happen, and we never, like, we have no idea. I mean, I would love to be in a position where I could see the where the future's going, but at the moment as 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 I, as I see it, it's like someone's opened the door, but we're inching in. And I think that's the best way to put it. I think we're, as a, as a collective, because we're so vast and we're so diverse, it's really hard to be like, all right, drag community, this is where we're going next. Because <laughs> everybody has so many different, uh, you know, things that they want to do and different things that they want to discuss. And um, it's hard to come together as a community when there's so much phobicness within our community as well. So it's like hard to like go as one. Yeah, but I I am excited about what the future may take. I hope I can be part of it. We'll see, we'll see.
1: Do you ever find that, though? I find that still to this day within my, I think, my sexuality and queerness and just the LGBTQIA plus, like, kind of umbrella that is that I think there's so many subsectors of so many yeah. things and everybody's screaming on the top of their lungs that and then certain things just become the bystander of what that means so like let's say if you're meant to be non-binary if there is a a title a heading of what non-binary is meant to be that is what non-binary is and your own nuances and your own experiences you're like well i don't fit into that so Mm. where do i go yeah yeah. i don't fit into that so does that mean i'm not it or like Mm. do you find no i agree no
0: i i agree I, i i think what's it called in the past couple of years what i've this is my personal philosophy I'm saying Everybody has to believe in it And I'm saying Everybody does it This is how I feel about it And this is where Everybody I look- should live by Well I don't know I mean it's just That's how I look I look at I, What's it called I look at myself As innately queer yeah. I'm into boys I'm into like uh What's it called What You're into little boys? I never said little So Run the tapes bitch <laughs> I said what, I what the, Well what you said was bull. <laughs> ah, okay, well if I was that no um but no no what's it called? I'm into like men, males. <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> Wait, like 80-year-old men? Like yeah, if they're attractive, there's some 80-year-olds who are attractive. Like, I'm no ageists. Like who? Name one. The ones with the massive bank accounts. Jeff Bezos, ding, um, ew, <laughs> but no, um, you, said it... <laughs> you said ding, you said ding, ding dong. I was on no, Prime. no, but you know, so like, uh, what's it called? I'm into, I'm into, uh, what's it called? But that's about, I look, at, I look at myself as innately queer. I don't see myself as a gay man. Um, that's how I look at it. I think I also believe that queer men and gay men are very different people, and some be diplomatic here yeah? but like you know i feel i, I feel like there's i completely agree with what you're saying though because there is a, a, an aspect of it where it's like we are so as a community we're so concerned about being you know like approved or like be part of the conversation and like be accepted in a certain way that to explain ourselves to that part of society to that side of the world we have to create these categories and these subcategories and what I look, the way I look at them is these subcategories are not for us. They're a way to explain it to them. It's not a way for us to explain ourselves. So when someone says that they're non-binary, if the definition of non-binary is on a piece of paper, that's not who they are, but that's the way that we explain it and give that piece of paper to a heterosexual person who does not understand or who doesn't want to understand who we are as a community. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way I look at it, because I agree, all these categories, it's just like, like all the flags. Like, I don't get the flags, like the bear flag. I mean, okay, like congrats, you got a flag, bitch. But like, I I don't know. I, I feel I feel like it's one of those things where I'm just kind of like, there's so many, there's so many different aspects. And I think yeah. like, it doesn't matter because you just need to be yourself. And that's what's important. And yeah. that can translate to the next question actually, because <laughs> when it comes down to like my Asianness in the way I perform in drag, it's never discussed. It has never been part of like my narrative and it's never been discussed. I've never done a number because of um, because I'm Asian. And I've never looked at doing a number because I'm Asian. But I'm looking at one at the moment, but I will talk about that later. But uh, but like at the moment, I'm just like, I've always done numbers. Is
1: it, is it Vanessa Hudgens' Let's Chance?
0: Uh, it's Vanessa Hudgens' Sneaker Night, actually. Yes. It's sneaking night. What did Um, she do that for? Sketches, wasn't it? Was it sketches? No, no. She did that as a music video that she she did it. No, she did it with the brand. We had this. No, she did not. Hold on. You I know the brand, like she was, I think she was like promoting it, yes, but she was she she it's a released music video. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, all we're gonna do is dance. She looked great. <laughs> if what's like when I become best friends with uh Vanessa Hudgens, that's all I'm gonna send her. I'm just gonna be, like speak and write. That and Ashley Tisdale. <laughs> <laughs> he said, she said. Um yeah, so it's never been discussed. And every time I do a number, it's always been like a part of like what do I want to do? What do I want to say? That's a part of me. And like, like my signature number is my what's it, Vanessa Carlton number with the piano. And that number stem from two things my love of that song yes but also I was trying to like I was looking inward and thinking like oh how do I turn this song into something silly how do I turn this song into something like stupid uh that people can just be like oh my god you idiot like I if someone on if someone if I'm on stage and someone's like you're so fucking stupid I completely I take that as a compliment because that to me means I'm doing something right I'm creating a space where you could just you can just roll your eyes and laugh because this person on stage is acting a fool. So that's where that's where I always want to be. And if you if we had to break down the number for years my mom used to t- take me to piano lessons and like teach me like she wanted me to be a piano student, but I used to not go. <laughs> I used to go with the piano teacher would just chill and have a laugh but we never, like, we learned a little bit of piano, but I never really wanted to do it, so it's kind of a slight response to that, where I'm, like, mom, look at all the times you spent money for me to learn piano, and I'm just gonna mime one on, on, on the stages of the world.
1: (laughs) There is when you do that, just one key,
0: (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so, like, so, that's, I mean, that's the only thing, and then, like, all these different things that's like all my different performances that i do are always an aspect of me but never like an aspect of my Asianness or my queerness or things like that because wait for a drum roll please everything i do innately is about my Asianness and my queerness without me actually having to explain it and do it i am doing it yeah being on stage I'm showcasing Asian and queerness no matter what. So I don't have to do a Bollywood number. I don't have to do like a faggotty number. There I said it. But you know, it it doesn't matter because being on stage is enough. Yeah. And that's what I that's what I tell most of the people that we when we're discussing things on Forbidden Peach as well. It's like you being on stage is enough is Asian enough. You don't have to do an Asian number if you don't want to yeah we just we just had a showcase of oh, peach, peach boxes. yeah yeah and we told them we was like you know you don't have to do an asian novel you don't have to do something heritage. it doesn't have to be about that you're just showcasing yourself and that's what asian excellence is and that's the 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 motto of what uh Peach is. so <coughs> i would have i would have loved to have grown up with the you know the skill set that like illusion or dosa can have but i don't have that in my my you know in my repertoire all i have is this silly brain (laughs) and loads of clothes that need to be organized at the moment i'm trying to like create some some new material but i'm just trying to like like i think because i'm so like concerned because vanessa carlton does so well (laughs) that it's not, it might, it might be responding the same way. So I just need to make sure that it's on par as that, so.
1: But the fuck that shit, shouldn't you just want to do things that you want to do? Like if you want to be- No, single- okay.
0: No, I can't anymore.
1: Why? This is again, because like going back a... to Joan's, like Joan River documentary, she would do the underground clubs so she would test out her material and then she would go and do it like on Fallon or the Tonight Show or like other bits and boss because she would know that innately if it's good you know for the Laugh Factory in LA that people go and do like shit shows there and like if it goes down well there then they like take it on tour and arenas and shit like that
0: yeah I know but it's not even about it's my own, it's my, like I said, it's my own demon. It's my own like thought process. It's more, it's like for me, like a half the time, like if I do something that can, is, is really funny or like whatever, or, you know, if they, if I do something that people like, yeah, uh, that's great. Uh, but half the time I'm like, so why do you like it? <laughs> I cause like, cause like, cause like I'm happy to do it and yeah. I enjoy it but I don't know, I want to know why you liked it because I don't know. So like, um, like I did, I did a show at the Pleasants last year called Dog Show. Yeah. And we were asked to do like these like characters and then create a sort of like little script for this character, for this mini section of the character. (coughs) Sorry. And the director who's Ginger Johnson, who's a great friend of mine in Incredible Drag Queen. They're like, this is hilarious. And you have to understand how funny this is. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, I, I get that you guys are laughing and I get that it's a funny character, but I don't think it's that I haven't created something crazy. So, so to me, it's like one of those things to me, it's I'm always, I'm always second guessing myself. So for me, it's like, if I know I've done a good job, like I know that my piano act is, is a solid signature act for me that I'm happy with. Yeah, I know what I do with it. It's like, I kind of want to get it like, um, what's it called? Produced. Yeah, no no get the rights to it or something like so if anyone tries to do something similar I'm like no this is mine <laughs> um, copyrighted really patent, it. basically yeah exactly but I don't know I mean I know that you can do that with certain numbers so I need to find out
1: um just a silly question which might be my darkness and please tell me if so yes
0: i am single please call me
1: (laughs) that's gonna be the the snippet that i put out now on instagram what are you looking for
0: uh what am i looking for um
1: fisting obviously (laughs) mahatma is single looking for fisting as well as
0: (laughs) as well as Yes, I love a first fist.
1: First fist, just a, not a second, not a third, just a first. No,
0: oh, no. Um, what I look for in like a partner? Is that a question? Well, just, the thing I just...
1: is, I mean, like, I'm just asking you right now.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: I am um, Timas Paria Mumbai's top matchmaker. I would like, to... <laughs> I would like to set you up. <laughs> I'm done. I'd love
0: a setup. Um. Let me get out my database. Um, No, my, my, honestly, what I'm looking for a partner is uh, someone I can have a laugh with. Got it. Someone slightly, slightly more stupid than I am. (laughs) And cuddles. That's it. That's my one.
1: Ethnicity, build, looks, brain. Well,
0: those are very like. Politics. um, Those are very archaic questions about relationships yes. but those aren't important to me
1: so got it just somebody with a hand is what we need <laughs> funny <laughs> somebody with a nice hand somebody with yeah. stupidity got it
0: stupidity.
1: well we're going a, camden. Hand
0: stupid.
1: a stupid hand <laughs> <laughs> we're going camden we'll find plenty of those
0: um just yeah
1: my random question was which is i i found it that when on the app side, was a lot that being mixed is very much fetishized, and do you find that in drag as well, or not really? Because again, I asked it for Anthony, and Anthony then started talking about their beautiful experience where they're now into topping and like topping mass, and I was like, I'm here for that. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> um, it's 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 really different. I mean, like, I was talking to my I was talking to my husband the other day. Actually, yeah. I don't know why, but at the moment. Uh, I'm getting a lot more DMs than I usually do. And a lot of guys just DM me. No, 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 it's not. It's oh, not.
1: please send a dick pic my way. I so badly want to see one on Instagram.
0: Never has it happened. and I'm so sad. No, I've had I had guys like video called me and then just started wanking. That is beautiful. Well, no, beautiful? It's, it's, a, it's a form of assault. <laughs> Which
1: you're loving right now, right?
0: I'm not. What's the fucking point? I just, this is exactly, I can't remember who said this, but this is exactly what I hate about a, a fucking dick pic. What am I going to do that? Print it out and shove it up my ass. No, I can't do so anything you, with a dick pic.
1: But isn't it just an exchange of like, this is the machinery I'm working with? No.
0: Also, what's it called? I'm, I'm a firm believer. <laughs> firm. No, I'm a firm <laughs> believer in like foreplay. So okay. to me, like the actual sex aspect of sex to me is like, it's fun and we do it. We all know what we're doing. But foreplay to me is more attractive and it's more tantalizing for me to have with a partner, like kissing in an alleyway is hotter than fucking in a bedroom.
1: Um, when you talk about what we're doing uh, as a virgin, would you mind explaining the birds and the bees to me, please? <laughs> what happens when? So what
0: happens is the bees shove themselves inside the beak of the birds. And then they have a great time together. And then the honey just is Yeah. And then that's what you that's how you get honeysuckle. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. My last question. Are you a virgin? I didn't know you were a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> All right,
1: Utica. That that ship has has passed. Has, has
0: um, learned. Um, yeah. this question yeah, I, yeah.
1: yeah, this question I asked. Yeah,
0: but when, when it comes to drag, though, I haven't had any, like, yes, I get DMs and stuff like that. I've had sex twice in drag, I think, if I remember correctly. You not just get hot, like, sweat. That, it was, it was back in the day. It was back in the day. I was wearing less clothes and less aspects. But also, like,
1: doesn't your makeup
0: just, like... Yeah, but it's dark. I'll tell you one story that I kind of like i didn't tell her the last podcast i did but i was in glastonbury oh I
1: when was your in full friends drag. are fucking in, in a tent and you're asking yeah, how- yeah
0: yeah yeah but i didn't tell the other part of the story which Were you is, joined in no ew no <laughs> so i was it was so it was at this club in Glastonbury wow. that we always do and it's great and i think i'm going back this year and i was in full drag and like full drag i'm talking about full drag as in like full face full hair corset on it was a fetish night so I was wearing pvc it, the picture what's it called if you want to find it I'm wearing I'm having blue hair and it's like a, I
1: will uh, on like a
0: tell a, the story a blue harness right. and I'm wearing the pvc gloves and stuff like that so that night specifically in this club there is a certain area that is that doesn't have any lights if you know what I mean so I went in and then this guy was like hey do you want me to show you around and I was like okay so we went in there together and then we started making out which was really hot uh and obviously there's people in different sections doing whatever they want to do but the funny thing was the funny part was we were making out and he was like touching my stomach and he was like oh wow you're so (laughs) toned and I just went no it's my corset
1: What did he say?
0: And he was like, oh, cool. Can you take it off? And I was like, no, uh, because I, I have so many different layers. And then and then other things ensued that, you know.
1: Order to be a sane person, because some of us are fucked up than others. Um, what makes a sane person, or just survivability without double guessing yourself, is the pillars of what I like to call of are confidence in yourself, right? Conviction in who you are. So like having that, the support of your family or friends. So that can be financially, spiritually, whatever that is, mentally, like just being like, hey, checking up on you. And the third is spirituality. So whether that is faith, whether that is religion or things like that. Now, talking to you, you have said you've had some of those. If you were not to have them in your life, Right. you still continue to do what you're doing today and be the person that you are, do you think you would have found your way
0: through that? Oh, that's a great question. Oh my God, well done. You're like really smart and stuff. For one um, question
1: out of the whole two hours that we've been talking.
0: No, you've had so many great questions, uh, but this one's really interesting because it's such a like philosophic aspect. So would I be able to do what I do without all those people? No
1: that's it thank you
0: no that's really it I mean like because I mean so much of my um so much of my life has been like an aspect of my specifically my friends like I'm not saying that my family hasn't been supportive but because my mom's very supportive my mom bought my first corset before I was in, I was even trying to do drag like it was like you know and she's very much like we we build clothes together we do things like you know we you know, and I I, I ask her, like, uh, I'll be like, you know, is my makeup okay? And then sometimes she'll just look at me and go, like like that, you know, she's very that. Yeah. She's very Anna Winter about it.
1: Oh. Uh,
0: that's why I call her Satan. But, yeah, and then, but my friends, my my chosen family are people that I definitely couldn't, couldn't do what I do. I mean, like, they're always there supporting my shows. They're always there supporting what I do. They're always being proud. Like, there's a manager that I used to work with at Urban Outfitters, every time I see them, like, and it's, you know, farm, you know, we never really see each other that much, but every time we see each other for occasions, they're like, I'm so proud of the work you're doing. I'm so happy that you get to do what you're supposed to be doing. And I can't wait to see you soar. So like, these are the reasons why I do what I do. These are like the aspects of the success that I've had. So I can't, I can definitely say, i mean if i was put into this world without all of that what would i don't know what would i be i would just be some dung beetle just like rolling oh my god i've got
1: two songs for you which i don't understand why you haven't done which is tina okay. i
0: right. don't
1: understand why you've not done a tina Turner song and right. cindy loper cindy lope really
0: me i think you could do it oh my god okay i really icons, think- icons. I I mean, I've always wanted wanted to do a Tina number, but I also think that I'm not... See, the thing is, I I wouldn't want to turn a Tina song into something silly because Tina's so iconic.
1: I tell you which one you should do? So I went to watch this um, theatre show they did at a pub in Newcastle. Have you been to Dance City in Newcastle? I have not. So it's this space where, like, anybody and everybody can come, and there's a little, like, cafe there. They turned that into their theatre space, and it was these two theatre makers, and they did Private Dancer, and what was hilarious about it, that they would go around with basically a piece of fabric, put it over you, and,
0: do, <laughs> and that was
1: And that was literally their shtick. And it was just, it just made so much sense. It was like done so good. And then they did London Bridge by Fergie, and they literally had the bridge. And then every time they just like, it was just,
0: I think you That could to do- me, that's that's pure joy. That yeah. that to me is like. They're really thinking, they're using popular songs and they're really thinking about, you know, how can I make this silly? And that to me is beautiful. So
1: I think you should do private dancer. I think that's the yeah.
0: There there is do you know um Alex Borstein? Um, she does the voice of Lois in Family Guy. Okay. She does, she did a stand-up and she was talking about private dancer and she would sing private dancer and yeah. then she would call private dancer a hooker or a whore. <laughs> and it's really funny the way that she does it, because she's just like. Wait, but are you talking about? Wait, what are you talking about? Like, you know, because like, you know, you know the song. So it's like the more it goes into it. So I need to find my own twist on it. Or let's stay together. What is it? Oh, that's a good one.
1: Let's play games. The game sections are called. Super child, play with ride. Different sections, they're going to be rapid. You're going to have to be quick. You're going to have to be fast. And if you're not, that's it. Your £10 Nando's card is not coming to you. All
0: right. I'm so excited.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The first section is called If I Was. So if I was to say to you, if you were a color, what color you would be, and you would say XY. Got it? So we'll go slowly, but fast. If you were a film, what would the title of that film be? original everything has to be original a thousand miles (laughs) what would the storyline be of a thousand miles what is the imdb like you know description
0: oh 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 it will be it will be about um someone who gets superpowers hands down
1: got it and and fashion in fashion um (laughs) everything (laughs) now has a What would the soundtrack be and what would the song, the title of the song be? And if you want to sing it, feel free
0: to in five, four, three, two, one. The title song would be A Thousand Miles, but they would sound different. It'd be like, I'm walking in the land of fashion. And I don't know why it's like an MGM musical, but I guess (laughs) it's going to go that way. All right. Who would the musical? It's a musical. It's a musical. (laughs) Who would star
1: in it? Name two actors. That would star in it, or actresses, or somebody. Go, anybody. Oh,
0: oh, fuck. Um, Sandra Oh.
1: Oh, uh, we love Sandra and, Oh. And Mindy calling Mindy, it's Mindy Kaling, no? I,
0: mean, I thought it was Mindy Kaling.
1: Uh, yeah, but, but that's for us. But we're also doing. Ah, we're, we're also Mindy doing. Kaling. we also doing <laughs> candy instead of candy. Candy. Okay, cool. If you were a plant or a flower, what would you be?
0: <laughs> Uh, If I was a plant, I would be a, well, I don't know, an aloe vera. Okay,
1: cool. If you were a food, what would you be? Hot dogs. If
0: you were a fruit, what would
1: you be? Lychee's. If you were a drink, what would you be? Iced lemon. If you were a clothing item, what would you be? A fur jacket, faux fur jacket. If you, oh, if you are a fashion trend, what would you be? Uh, The one that nobody has heard of yet. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this section is called best and worst best and worst advice that you have given to somebody
0: best advice is always be yourself and have fun okay worst advice is be yourself and have fun <laughs> you've given that to somebody great best and worst advice that you've taken always wear corset and stilettos
1: that's the best or the worst
0: that's the worst that's okay. bullshit you don't okay. have to and the best advice was it doesn't matter when you're on stage. The lights are bright that you don't even, you don't even see anyone. So just think you're in your bedroom.
1: OK, so I should just stop.
0: <laughs> best and worst gig you've ever had. <laughs> OK, best gig. Oh, oh, that's such a good question. Um, wait, what's my worst gig? When you can't do these shot fire questions quickly. OK, fuck. OK, um, worst gig. I'm not going to say too much about it, but the dressing room was literally like, there was no dressing room. Sorry, that's, uh, there's no dressing room. I had no mirror, so I had to just use my makeup to put it yeah. on my face. And then when I went on stage and performed, no one said anything. Like, they clapped at the end. Uh, I got paid nothing, and I had to be there for, like, five hours. Wow. Shiva really did you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, best gig, oh, I've, you know what, I've been very fortunate that I have a, a lot of best, best gigs, but it does change. And, you know, it, you know, like best gig could be like when I was asked to go to Austria, but then there were some bad moments about that, but then, you know, or best gig could be like recently when we, I just did the Peach Fuzz show. Cause I got to be like, actually, no, that, that probably was my best gig. Cause I got to be, I did eight weeks with them helping them create their own, you know, number.
1: Yeah, but did you perform in it?
0: I didn't know if you performed it. I, I and then I performed on the, sh- I it. was hosting, but like that was probably the, because it's such a long aspect and I was like part of their development. Yeah. So I was really proud. Even if I didn't perform, it was still the best gig.
1: Got it. Fab. Best and worst costume you've ever had?
0: <laughs> How rude. Best costume? Well, I have to say, uh, best costume would probably be the MTV EMAs when I went with Grace okay. and I got something custom made it was the very first time I got something fully custom made for myself and I love that outfit I did feel like I was like you look 40 I don't know why you are not a younger version of yourself but okay and then worst I mean I don't know if there's been one so (laughs) (laughs) well I don't know worst outfit for me is oh oh no oh my god this is worst outfit and worst gig sorry worst outfit and worst gig was I did this gig and I was a tv show And I had to be, and I was just an extra, but it was, I was fully at the beginning of my drag and I had like so many different layers. Basically, I had like four pairs of underwear on, then something else, it was going up my ass. I had chafing for days and a corset on and I was sitting down the entire time. This outfit was made out of plastic, long fucking day. And then, and then, excuse me, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm not finished. Then afterwards, we were in this bar in Hackney and they wanted us to wait. If we're not in the scene, we would wait somewhere else. Right. And not in a different room or, or somewhere else. No, no, no. We were waiting on a boat that was on the canal next to us. And then it literally looked like we were refugees. And then afterwards it started to snow. It started to fucking snow. <laughs> and there was like, we were in this, we were in this fucking boat with tarpaulin on top of it, and this is a show on Shadow Four People.
1: This very much sounds like my experiences when I used to be an extra for Made in Chelsea.
0: Oh my god, why are you? Uh
1: yeah, and you would oh,
0: fuck off. No, it must have been nicer than
1: mine. No, made in Chelsea. Some of the a lot of them, because they change productions, I think. But yeah, sometimes it used to be very much like that.
0: Yeah. But like, but I have to say though, at the same point, like for some certain reason, one of the main characters decided to come to me and say like a hello, like for part of the scene kind of vibe because I was I was the only one who was like in full drag. Got it. And then because of that, they asked me to come back and I did another scene. And this time they gave me my own trailer. Oh. And oh. all the time in the world. And like, yeah, it was, I, I felt very like, like. Kept. Yes. <laughs> Kept.
1: Um, so, this sometimes sex-
0: kids, you, know, you got to go through the shit. To, go to, get, to find the
1: diamonds. To get through the fertilization, <laughs> the fermentation. <laughs> you know, to find
0: the flowers, you have to go through the
1: yeah, shed. Yeah, to go, to go from one hole to the other. Um, most overrated and underrated. All right, this is that section. Most overrated, okay. starting off very easy. Most overrated and underrated drag queen. So
0: rude! <laughs> most overrated drag queen? RuPaul. <laughs> wow, okay, underrated? Me. <laughs> Most overrated
1: and underrated um, performance artist? Underrated is the entire fucking PSE community.
0: So overrated, all the whites.
1: Most overrated and underrated
0: um, film that you've ever watched? Oh, okay. Overrated, which is my best friend's favorite film, <laughs> is fucking um, Cloud Atlas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's just too much. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I get it. It's cool. It's wonderful, but I was like, I'm "All right, it's underrated. too fucking long." Underrated. Oh my god, there's so many underrated movies. Um, I think what's it called? There's a movie called Booksmart that's really funny. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time is um Clue. Uh, you know Cluedo. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really underrated. It's a cult classic now, but it, it needs is... to be one. But we'll we'll move on. Most overrated uh, and underrated TV show. Um, overrated TV show. Oh, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know what's a, what's the TV show that's being like everyone's talking about it, but I don't. It's okay. Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Overrated or underrated? Overrated.
1: Got it. And underrated? And
0: underrated. Oh, well, I don't know. I, I, I personally, I really loved. Oh, oh yes. Um, uh, four more shots, please. Oh, yes, you have talked
1: about that. I saw it. I, I love thought, that. I thought it was all right.
0: Love that show. All
1: right. The next section is called, you know how this is? There's a show uh, called, Are You Smarter Than a Three Year Old? Yes. Uh, I'm this, not. Sec- <laughs> this section is called, Are You Smarter Than a Drag Queen? Where we're going to sit together and we're going to both answer. <laughs> Okay, let's see who wins. Which of the following dis- delicacies is traditionally composed of phyllo, pastry, honey, and crushed nuts? Baklava. It's right. Uh, what is the nickname of the Academy Awards? The Tony's, the, Astros. the Astros. Okay, great. Agreed. Ab. The Egyptian Sphinx body is based on which animal? Hyena, lion, goat, or horse? Lion. Oh, you're right vampires are typically known for turning into which animal moose monkeys cows or bats <laughs> i would
0: bats? love it if it was moose but it's definitely bats
1: all okay, right i'm if i'm eating a pink lady which fruit am i eating apple grapefruit watermelon pita- pitaya what's a pitaya
0: what the fuck i think it's supposed to be papaya but they wrote it wrong
1: fucking hell, buzzfeed get your shit together <laughs> apple do you right? know what it
0: is yeah yes apple, apple. yes
1: Okay, fab. Um, People from Denmark are called Danes? (laughs) Sorry, but can I just read Makers, Danes, Denmarkans, or Dutch?
0: No, not even. It says Markers.
1: I know, which I think is
0: hilarious. That's hilarious. I'm dying. It's Dutch. No, Dutch is for Holland. No, no, it's Danes. It's Danes. (laughs) It's Danes. Danes. You're right,
1: sorry. I said Danes. (laughs) So far, we've got one wrong each. All right. Okay. First name of the famous painting by James Abbott, Whistlers. I know this. Oh, I know this. Do you? No. Is it because think. I just mouthed it or you know it?
0: No, I can't even see it. You're so tiny.
1: Um, okay, I, I know ask. it. Okay. On the count of three, we say five, four, three, two, one. Mother. Mother. Yeah. You waited. No. How okay. many rounds is there in a single episode of the Great British Bake Off show? Oh, three. Five, but I'll do three right now. Oh, it is three. Fuck me, fuck me. All right, two more. (laughs) Who wrote the popular Hunger Games series? Fucking hell, I don't know this. It's not E.L. James. No, and it's not Stephanie Meyer. And it's it's not Suzanne Collins. It might be Stephanie Meyer or Cassandra Clare. Yeah, it's between those two. I'd like to phone a friend.
0: I feel like, I have no idea. Pick one.
1: You pick and I'll pick. Which one are you going? I'm going
0: Stephanie. Which one are you going? I'm going to go Cassandra. Okay, you just you put no, no, just stop. Oh, it was Suzanne Collins. Oh, she doesn't sound famous.
1: <laughs> I thought it was we Suzanne. were both wrong. Yeah, okay. uh, which of the following colors isn't on the icon for Apple's calculator app ah, blue, orange, gray, black? I don't know, it's blue, right? Aha. Yeah, well done. Okay, last one, or do you want to do yeah. it? Before? There's 50 questions, by the way. We'll just do the last one. What year did Disneyland open? 1940, 1955, 1971, 1979? 55. I want to say 71, but I'll say. Oh, Oh, you were right. (laughs) Just say you won.
0: How many more questions are there?
1: 50. Now, this section is basically where, uh, because in honor of yesterday's Met Gala, I'm going to give you the Met Gala themes. You're going right. to tell me what your act is going to be if the Met Gala was also putting on a cabaret or a drag show next to it. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah? Gotcha,
0: gotcha. What your
1: act would be. All right. So let's start off with easy. their 2013 theme, which was Punk Chaos to Couture. What would you do? Right.
0: Okay. Punk Chaos to Couture. I think I would do Firestarter by um, Prodigy. And and then I would do it where I would I would I would run around like it was going to be this like huge fire starting act, but I would just have a matchbox and just go like that. Just a tiny, <laughs> tiny little matchbox. just like a tiny little one so I'm, like, I'm a fire starter, twisted fire starter. <laughs> <Like that. laughs>
1: My favorite one that they've ever done, because I've watched the documentary so many times, is China through the looking glass.
0: Ah, oh, beautiful. I would have to do something to do with Mulan because I love Mulan so much. So I'll probably do like, uh, I'll probably just do like, yeah, I'd probably get a, a bunch of the people from the Bitten and Peach and we'd do the getting ready scene. You know, like, this is what you give me to work with. You yeah. can only take two. Which one would you take? Well, me and Shay should do it all the time. So it'd be me, Shay Shay, and I think it'd be really funny to do up Lily because <laughs> she just, her face would be really funny.
1: By the way, you're gonna do the animated, right? Not the new version, which didn't have any songs or anything in it. And also- I don't know what you're talking about. Did you watch the live remake?
0: I There was a live remake? I didn't know. You know this. I got... What are you talking about? I don't know. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about uh our... We don't talk about
1: <laughs> 2018, Heavenly Bodies, Fashion and the Catholic immigration, Imagination.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. Oh oh this is the year madonna right, so, performed
1: on the stairs
0: oh yeah she did uh, um yeah like a prayer um uh, what's it called i've done a number to this already but i probably changed it a little bit um i would bring asia Thorne and we would we do a a nun act together which is like a bitch but i have my money by rihanna because <laughs> that's what the catholic church is all about do you never
1: feel like this when it comes to like the licensing or the ethics of it that sometimes i feel like drag does do it which i personally just feel like in my personal venture into the arts that i think there are certain boundaries which i feel like drag does takes care of whether it comes to like doing dreadlocks if you're white or like whether you're doing non acts and things like that do you feel like that there's just a freedom of license to be able to do that or do you think
0: there'll be repercussions of that later on i mean drag the whole point of drag is that it holds a mirror up to society yeah so there's different aspects to it like yes i mean like i wouldn't predominantly wear a dreadlock wig and do some sort of like bob marley act because i don't yeah. think that's really appropriate but if i'm looking at religion oh hands down am i gonna fucking look and put put the mirror back up at them and say like uh yeah I'll, also i grew up roman catholic yeah so i fucking know about it and 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 Asia is Filipino, and she knows the two. The difference is, like, I'm I'm not attached to religion anymore, but yeah. she still is. But, like, yeah, so the whole point of that performance is about, like, the Catholic Church always asking for money. I'm like, where does that money go, huh?
1: And then the last one, which is 2006, Anglomania, Tradition and Transgression in British Fashion. Uh,
0: well, I mean, I would have to, like, well... I, <laughs> I don't know. I think in my mind, I, if I was doing it, I would probably do Sound of the Underground by Rose Aloud and um, have everyone dressed up as different tube stations. I'm here for it. Now that brings us to an <laughs> end. So we're going to
1: collect ourselves and we're going to do some ending statements, all right? Right. Collect yourself. What words of wisdom would you give to the world, uh, to yourself today, if you looked in the mirror?
0: Sp- Stop spending money. Fuck it out and put down the fork. Yeah, that's, too, that's the two things I tell myself. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> it, I thought I've listened to a podcast called School of Greatness, and I specifically wanted to ask you this question, which they asked, that imagine you have done all of the work that you wanted to do. You have achieved all things personally and professionally. mm mm-hmm. And you can only leave one thing of your legacy behind, whether that is your personality, whether that is your work, whatever it is. You can only leave one imprint of you behind. What would that imprint be of you?
0: Um, I think, what's it called? Well, I would, what, what's it called? My performance of Vanessa Carlton. I think it's my, it's just, it's just the most me. I, like, if I had to... if honestly if i had to like find a way to describe who i am as a performer that's exactly that's exactly who i would want to that's the number that i would want to showcase it's just it's it's fun it's stupid it's still fascinating because like i can do that in what's it called in any aspect and so yeah that's just that that's the most me performance therefore wait are you talking about me as a drag queen yeah Not anything
1: a... you personally oh. as just you but apparently that's what you chose <laughs> So that's, that's why I chose that's, that's, that's fab. Um, peaks and valleys is a question I ask everybody. A peak is a high point of your personal professional life. What was mm-hmm. it? What lesson you learned from it? A valley is a low point of your personal professional life. What was it? What lesson you learned from it? You don't have to go into detail if you don't want to. You can just talk about the rough year that it was and just what lesson you learned from it.
0: Go. Uh, I'll start with a valley just to like end on a high note. End on a peak. But... Um... <laughs> Um, A low point, I think a low point in my career was just all those, all those moments that I perceive I had to be more than I should have been. I think a lot of the times that when you work in, um, especially drag, it's hard to like broadcast it for everything else, but like, or like spill it for everyone else. But when you're doing drag, you are held to a standard and you are asked to do certain things in a certain way. And I think that whole like aspect and perception is what i broke and so that there was there were many points where i just was like very much like you have to do this and you have to like be like this and you have to do these numbers you you have to wear a corset 24 7 you have all these different aspects that led me to be exhausted and just like not happy and those were those were the valleys really it's not one specific one yeah. but that all that moment and it was like you know it it a swir- swirls of depression swirls and thralls the depressed Matt candy. I think I have to say that my peak my peak of my career was really um when I got my name because oh, yes. like story of that's really nice yeah because I wasn't I had different names I think when I first got my hat candy properly and like felt happy and strong with it I was very much like really like I was really happy and I was like oh, this is great this is a really good name it's strong it's like it's topical it just works and I'm really happy with that and I'm and it just like and it just informed for what I created later like the candy shop and stuff like that so it just like it's perfect and I, lo- I love I love puns and themes and things like that so to have that in my repertoire already with my name is just great so that probably is big be- but also um another peak a sl- another like there's two levels to this peak you know it's not just the one <laughs> i did a show last year called dog show which was beautiful and it was like a representation of like how people see dogs in the world but also how people see how society views queer queerness yeah uh, And um, to me, that was a great, like, to be in a theater production where we discuss things like that. And, um, you know, I didn't, I got to rap for the first time, which was hilarious. And, um, and yeah, so that to me was a a really big peak because it wasn't just about my performance aspect, but it was also about my fairness. So them coming together to create dogs. Bob.
1: Last one is called Bitch Don't, where basically everybody always loves to rant about something. And this is your 30 seconds to rant about anything and everything. But the rule is you either have to start your sentence with bitch tone or end your sentence with bitch tone. So take a couple of seconds. Think about what you want to rant about. And when you have it, let me know and I'll start the clock in five, four,
0: three. All right. I'm annoyed and pissed off with all these drag queens who don't have a sense of style. You buy all these things from Aliexpress, you think that you've got some sort of fashionness and you think you're a fashion queen. You're not. I am because I'm not a fashion queen. I'm a stylist queen. And that's why I know how to put an outfit together. Uh, It doesn't even have to be expensive. You just need to understand how to put things together. So please, 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 people out there, bitch, don't. Bitch, don't call yourself fashion queen when you're not. (laughs)
1: which <laughs> please it's i
0: about... mean honestly half these queens are like i'm a fashion queen i'm like no you're an aliexpress queen shut up and i so am i i'm an aliexpress queen but i don't fucking turn around and like what's it called where like everybody else does like put some fucking style into it fucking hell
1: yeah but i think that's one of the things fashion is one thing that you have style is something that you acquire so mm. you know what i mean like what is it? What's that woman, the old woman who was uh, really who found McQueen? Uh,
0: oh, yeah. 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 I know what you mean. I know what you mean. She used to I talk about.
1: Remember. Yeah. She used to talk about like creative geniuses and things like that all the time. And I find that in the day and age of influencers where everybody's like new fit. Oh, my God. I'm so stylish. Do this. Do this. Like you, hashtag 10 percent off. I'm just like, you look exactly the same as the person I scrolled across. Like there's there's nothing new about you
0: yeah this is the thing but this is the thing like a lot of queens don't have a sense of style they have a sense of fashion yes and that's totally fine but like you need to understand how to put things together you need to understand and also what i didn't rant about as well is like you need to understand that what you're wearing like informs the performance yeah and don't just fucking wear something because you're wearing it don't wear blue eyeshadow when your outfit's pink like it doesn't make any fucking sense (laughs) that's the part of styling so to me that's that's one of my biggest issues especially with the queens nowadays. I'm just like, mm, congratulations. Um, we all bought it. I've had so many moments. I, I, I have enjoyed how many times we've tried to talk about the minute Gala, but then we never really did. Oh, <laughs> we can
1: talk about it. Well, I'm going to stop recording and then we're going to talk about it. Oh, was just gonna have a chat. <laughs> oh, well, you can talk about who your favorite look was or who you was and know how you were disappointed. Gone. In in one minute. Literally, oh, tell oh, fuck. me. Uh, I'll put you, I'll uh, put you I on loved- the way. In one minute. Tell okay. me your positive and negative thoughts about the Met Gala, go.
0: Everybody looked the same. It was kind of shit. No one really like, looked incredible. Um, I actually really like what Lily James was wearing. Most of the girls that are wearing. Um, oh, Cardi B looked the best. Cardi B was my favorite, I think. Cardi B or Lily James. Okay. Um, and they were both in Verge- Versace. I think she was in Versace. Yeah, she was she in was. Versace. She was, yes. And um, uh, I just love it like, uh, because uh, you messaged me, uh, look at our girl all grown up. like. Hosting the Met baby Gala, me. baby V. So that to me, Every that, that no, no, that's probably my favorite memory. To be honest, it's just that you say like, look at our girl, all like, um, growing up at the Met Gala, and we're talking obviously of Vanessa Hutchins who looks stunning, fucking naked, and her makeup look gorgeous. But her face has changed so much; it freaks me out. It freaks me out freaks me out. And I had, I didn't see Anna, what Anna was wearing, but probably something shit, because she always looks shit.
1: And I looked, so nice. Anna went to... I was wearing Chanel, and she looked really nice, actually. I Did think she? I think she was wearing Chanel, yeah. Okay, does she have a high
0: pony? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's a signature look. It's like your signature thing. Well, everyone, that brings us to an end, and I hope you enjoyed that. I want to say a massive thank you to the guests for their time. All of the information about the guest, myself, and the show will be listed in the bio. Make sure to follow, share, comment, and subscribe. Show us all some love, because isn't that what we want at the end of the day, some love? Your support really helps the show and the message of it grow, and the people that are on here. Thank you again, and as I always say, breathe in, breathe out. Now, must go. Which means now I must go. I own that that is copyrighted and I will sue. (laughs) Joking. Have a great one and stay curious. Till next time.